You're listening to Transparency Talk with Trustwell, a podcast discussing the latest trends in technology in the food and supplement industries, featuring conversations with regulatory experts, quality and safety champions, and thought leaders across the industry. The podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only. Welcome to today's episode of Transparency Talk with Trustwell, where we'll be discussing FISMA 204 and the FDA's requirements for traceability in the food industry. My name is Katie Jones, and I am the Chief Strategy and Marketing Officer at Trustwell. As consumers, we expect our food to be safe, but ensuring that requires a comprehensive system of traceability that tracks the movement of food products throughout the supply chain. Now, the FDA has long recognized the importance of traceability and ensuring food safety, and in November of 2022, took the regulatory requirements several steps forward with the enhancements to FISMA 204, the section of the Food Safety Modernization Act that covers traceability. In today's episode, we'll provide our listeners with an introduction to FISMA 204, and explore the new FDA requirements for traceability, which mandate more rigorous and comprehensive traceability systems for items on the food traceability list. We're joined today with Trustwell's own Julie McGill, Vice President of Supply Chain Strategy and Insights. Welcome, Julie. Thank you, Katie. I'm excited to be here. All right, well, let's start off with the basics. Uh, Can you just give us an overview of FISMA 204? Yes, so FISMA 204 is part of the Food Safety Modernization Act, and it's the final rule that outlines requirements for enhanced traceability records of certain foods. Most of the Food Safety Modernization Act has been enacted to date, um, focused on making our food supply chain safer and really setting the foundation for this next piece, which is traceability. So if you manufacture, process, pack or hold foods that are on the food traceability list, then you are covered by the rule. Uh, And this is different from some of the other requirements in FISMA. The traceability rule includes parties across the entire supply chain, from grower processors and manufacturers to distributors, uh, third-party warehouses, and even companies at the end of the chain, such as grocers, meal kit companies, uh, and food service operators. So what needs to be tracked? This is uh, products that are on the FDA's food traceability list. And this includes several produce items, fresh herbs, seafood, uh, a number of soft cheeses, some shelf-stable items like nut butters, ready-to-eat deli salads, and shell eggs from domesticated chickens. Um, As these items are entering and moving throughout the supply chain, trading partners will need to collect what are called key data elements. And these are associated with specific activities that the FDA has deemed that need to be tracked. And these are known as critical tracking events. These represent the FDA defined activities that uh, support our supply chains where traceability record keeping will be required. And we're all familiar, right, with with events in our supply chains, such as shipping, receiving, transformation, harvesting. But there are several activities at the beginning of the supply chain where critical tracking events have also been further defined or required by the FDA. And these are things such as cooling, initial packing, and for seafood products, first land-based receiver. 
So with all these different events, companies are going to need to collect, store, and maintain lot level information for 24 months for those items that are on the FTL. Also, if you ship FTL items, you will need to share lot level traceability with the next partner in the chain. So there are some full and some partial exemptions in the rule based on company size, based on revenues, based on roles. And those exemptions uh, are detailed uh, on the FDA's website for FISMA 204. But there's also some exemptions for things that happen in our supply chain. So a good example is if a restaurant runs out of lettuce and they run out to the local grocery store, the rule outlines that both parties are exempt. However, the purchaser must keep a record, such as a sales receipt, that documents the FTL item, the date of purchase, and the name and address, and the place of purchase. So you're going to need to understand, you know, what are some of those ad hoc things that happen in my supply chain? And although I might not be beholden to the entire record, I might have to do some partial record keeping. So for all of this traceability data, if the FDA does request it, companies have 24 hours to provide it to them in what they call a sortable spreadsheet. So the FDA, they did not prescribe how companies will gather, store, and maintain this data. However, the rule does require that companies have a documented traceability plan. And these plans include procedures on how to identify FTL items, detail how you maintain your records, including where you keep them, what format you keep them in, how you assign lot codes, if that applies to your company. You also need to have a point of contact for your plan and records, someone who, who can speak to uh, your process if the FDA uh, has questions. And then finally, if you grow or raise foods on the FTL, you need a farm map. So these requirements in the final rule really uh, allow for faster identification and rapid removal of potentially contaminated food. Uh, and they certainly help the food industry and the FDA. But really, the vision is to bend the curve of foodborne illness. Thank you, Julie. So that is, uh, that's a lot of change <laughs> it is. Uh, across the industry. So we've got uh, additional businesses and food companies that have not had to traditionally uh, provide traceability data. You know, these um, critical tracking events that they're going to be required to provide within 24 hours when requested by the FDA, a uh, food traceability plan that's documented, um, lots of collaboration across the supply chain. One of the things that you mentioned in um, the overview, which seems pretty critical in terms of who's affected, right, is the concept is this food traceability list, which was released, you know, prior to that November of 2022 final um, uh, uh, finalization of the requirement. We've known about the FTL for a while. Can you talk a little bit more about the food traceability list? Um, what is it? What's on it? Uh, and really, how does that impact uh, who is required for FISMA 204 compliance? Yes. So that food traceability list really is uh, key to this rule. So if uh, the, the FDA put together a risk ranking model for food tracing, and this includes things like frequency of outbreaks, uh, severity of illnesses, likelihood of contamination, and potential for pathogen growth, and, and much more. And, and they have that detailed on their website. But if you... Um, 
manufacture, hold, uh, carry, ship items that are on that list, then you will, will be covered by this rule. And so the items that are on this list, many are fresh items, including things like fresh produce, such as leafy greens, cucumbers, tomatoes, peppers, melons, tropical tree fruits, and fresh herbs. But it also includes things like fresh cut fruits and fresh cut vegetables of any kind. So if it's fresh cut, it's on the list. Um, there are a variety of seafood items that both include fresh and frozen. And these are things like crustaceans, pinfish, uh, bivalves. Um, it also has refrigerated and frozen smoked finfish. Um, and then some of the other categories, which are quite broad, uh, soft cheeses is a very broad category. Folks will need to make sure they understand how that cheese is um, uh, manufactured or processed. Uh, as I mentioned before, shelled eggs. Ready-to-eat deli salads is another category that is quite broad. Uh, but there's even some shelf-stable items that I mentioned, such as nut butters, and that can be peanut butter, or almond butter, et cetera. Um, one thing that folks do need to note is that these requirements not only apply to the foods on the list, but foods that contain these items as ingredients. And this is really going to be key for companies to understand uh, that if it has an ingredient, has there been a kill step? Was a kill step introduced during the processing or the transformation of these products? And if it has, then a product might be exempt from the rule from that point forward. So supply chain partners are really gonna need to work together to understand what is and what isn't on the list. So now I'm hungry. Uh, <laughs> well, that's interesting. A mix of of fresh and obviously, you know, prepared foods, which in especially in the retail grocery industry have just blown up um, over the years. And so we look at this concept of the uh, the grocer aunt, uh, where, you know, grocery stores being more of destinations for um, uh, for consumers. So lots of products on that list and uh, very helpful to understand as a food company, if you're um, holding, moving those products in your supply chain, uh, that you will be uh, yeah, subject I just, to FISMA um, 204. Yeah. And, and fun fact, I'm um, traveling this week and I bought some fresh cut vegetables mm. at the, the uh, newsstand at the airport this week. Yep. Got to get, you got to get it where you can get it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so great overview of FISMA 204, specifics to the food traceability list. If, you know, you had anything else for our listeners, what else should our listeners know about FISMA 204? Yeah, I think the big thing that uh, folks need to note is that this really is a game changer for the industry's response to these disruptions, these traceability issues in our supply chains. This regulation requires that companies maintain records that will support a more efficient and accurate uh, traceability or, or uh, you know, a path to uh, following those potentially contaminated foods. So, for our listeners, I'd like to end with just a few observations. The first is that tech-enabled traceability really is essential for competitive food businesses and provides them with value beyond compliance and consumer protection, right? There are, there's value in having a transparent supply chain. Uh, the next is that with this rule, companies are at risk if they do not understand their roles um, and that 
if they do not understand the magnitude of the approach to capturing and sharing that traceability data for those uh, items on the FTL. Uh, next, the timelines, you know, we've got three years and, and certainly they are feasible, but companies need to take action now putting those traceability plans together. And for most, this will entail planning and development of digital traceability programs. And finally, advanced traceability record keeping. This is here to stay, right? FISMA 204 is the beginning. We're seeing this in, in other parts of the world as well. So this really is just the beginning. It's exciting <laughs> um, here, uh, obviously at, at Trustwell and through our FoodLogic product, we have um, been working on traceability programs for uh, for decades. And it's really exciting as an industry to see uh, the culmination of FISMA 204 and really looking forward to working with companies uh, over the next uh, couple of years to get to compliance. So Julie, I really appreciate um, your perspective, having uh, an expert in this area on our podcast and obviously with our company here at Trustwell, uh, such a pleasure. So thank you so much for your time. Thanks so much. Awesome. Now, I wanted to share with our listeners that uh, Trustwell has published its latest research into traceability efforts across the global food supply chain when we have released the Trustwell 2023 State of Traceability Report. Uh, we actually released this report in 2019 and uh, have done another version, which we just published uh, this week. The research offers a detailed dive into the traceability challenges and successes facing food businesses in 2023 and beyond, what external factors are driving adoption, how the industry is adapting to these increased regulations, as well as thoughts, quotes, and advice from leaders across the industry. Um, interestingly enough, in that survey, we found about 9% of survey respondents uh, reporting that they were not at all aware of FISMA 204. So there still is quite a bit of education to be done across the entire food industry around these regulations. And so if you are interested in learning more about that research or Trustwell's traceability product, you can download the full report as well as a couple of resources in the links provided in the podcast notes. Thank you so much for tuning into Traceability Talk with Trustwell, where we explore the critical role of transparency in building trust and driving positive change in today's food chain. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Transparency Talk with Trustwell. To learn more about Trustwell and its technology platform that connects product formulation, nutrition analysis, and compliant labeling with traceability, recall readiness, and supply chain transparency, please visit www.trustwell.com.